Luke, the first chapter, beginning to read at the 26th verse. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. The Virgin Mary had a heart condition. Oh, it wasn't obvious to the untrained eye. It didn't require surgery. But I personally think it was mandatory if Jesus Christ was to be born in her. Dr. Luke calls this problem of hers a pondering heart. Now, what, pray tell, is a pondering heart? First of all, I think using this scripture reference as somewhat of a background, I think we can come to a diagnosis of a pondering heart. It is a heart that is troubled. Yes, Mary had a troubled heart. The angel of the Lord appeared unto her and said, Mary, blessed art thou, thou hast found favor with God, the Lord is with you. Now that saying, that salutation, that statement sounds perfectly harmless. But it troubled Mary. She was troubled in her heart with spiritual sayings. And notice what it is that troubled her. Some people think she was troubled because being only engaged, not yet married, and knowing that she was going to have a baby, this was embarrassing, this was troublesome. But ladies and gentlemen, she was troubled long before she knew that she was pregnant. If you'll notice in your scripture, you will find that she didn't know about her motherly condition until the 31st verse, but in the 28th verse she's troubled. 
It says when you read very carefully, she was troubled at the saying. She wasn't troubled, as was Reverend Zachariah back in the 12th verse, who was troubled when fear fell upon him because he saw an angel. No, it was not seeing an angel that troubled her. That might trouble me and trouble you, but it wasn't that that troubled her. It was the saying, the greeting, what sort of a greeting this might be. That is what gave her trouble. And it was a pretty good greeting. You and I, we get troubled when people criticize us. Mary, she got troubled when she was complimented. Complimented by the Spirit. What troubled Mary was the fact that she had come to the realization that in God's sight she was special. That God had favored her. That God had a task for her. That God had a job for her and only Mary could do it. And that troubled her. She wasn't frightened nor afraid. No, she was, she was troubled in the sense of wonderment, of amazement, of wanting to make sure she didn't miss her clue and to make sure that she fulfilled the mission for what she was created to do. That's what troubled her. I know many Marys, many people right here this morning, suddenly they've come to a realization that life is passing them by. And through reading the Bible, hearing a sermon, listening to our choir, something has happened. Something has clicked. Suddenly they realize in the presence of God they're important. They're needed. They're necessary. They have a mission. The hound of heaven has spoken to them. And when that happens to you, you're troubled, aren't you? It concerns you because you're not quite sure where it is that's going to lead you. you. You know that no longer are you the captain of your own soul. Now you have a boss to whom you must report. It's a terrifying thing to be in the hands of the living God. That's the way one writer put it. Oh, you sometimes wish that these spiritual sayings, you could get away from them, but you can't. Even if you quit coming to church and stop reading your Bible and shutting your ears, that still doesn't seem to fill this void. There's something in there that is telling you that God loves you, God needs you, God has a job for you to do, that you are blessed, favored among all people, and that you have a responsibility as well as a privilege. And that's troublesome. But that's a pondering heart. And unless you're willing to be troubled, unless you're willing to live in a tension where you don't have all the answers, where you realize there's some things you don't know, unless you're willing to live in a mystery, you can't have a pondering heart. And if you don't have a pondering heart, I'm not sure Jesus Christ can be born in you. Pondering heart is a heart that is troubled with sayings, spiritual sayings, which don't criticize, but which compliment and make us realize who we are. A pondering heart, though, is also an inquiring heart, a heart that asks questions not for the sake of debate, not for the sake of argumentation, but for the sake of clarification and information. How can this be, Lord, since I have no husband? That's the way Mary wanted it. 
She wasn't arguing. She wasn't disclaiming the fact that the visit of the angel had come to her. She was asking how, who, what, when, and how. And contrary to what many people might tell you, God is not against the inquiring heart. God doesn't get upset when you ask him questions. When we argue with him, maybe yes. When we debate whether or not he can do it, yes. But when we ask him honest questions, no, no. As a matter of fact, it was this little baby when he grew up that told his disciples and disciples of all age, ask, ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Read your Bibles closely in the Gospels and you will find it. Or It was the individual who asked Jesus questions. That's the individual who found out how to be born again. That's the one who found out the meaning of the parables. That's the one who saw the resurrected Lord. Those people who asked and sought and knocked. That's the pondering heart. The heart that asks questions for sake of clarification who asks in prayer, who asks Christian friends, who asks from the longing of his heart, what, Lord, what is it that you want of me to do in this favored position which you have placed me? The pondering heart is also the quiet heart. The quiet heart. The heart who once he understands what is going on. The heart that, yes, is troubled and asks questions, but once he gets an answer, he believes. The heart that believes and then keeps silent. Who does not tell all of his experience to everyone whom he meets. It's the pondering heart that doesn't make every thought come out from the mouth. It's the pondering heart that keeps you from, from wearing your testimony on your sleeve. You see, Mary didn't tell everybody what had happened to her. Oh, poor Joe, she had to tell him, yes, and he couldn't believe it. But she didn't really tell anybody else, maybe not even her father and mother, especially the people in the town. They wouldn't believe such a miracle had taken place. She knew it was her responsibility only to be faithful not to be trying to defend her Lord or herself. So she's an individual who said very little to everybody and practically nothing to anyone. Or she went to see in the hill country her cousin Elizabeth because she had gone through the same experience. She, she sought for the comfort of those who understood what had happened to her. But she didn't blabber everything she knew or had been told by the Spirit of God. She didn't know how the Holy Spirit was going to come in unto her or the power of the Most High, how he was going to overshadow her. She just believed him. She didn't know how she was going to get through the next nine months when she knew that every tongue in town would be criticizing her, but she remained silent, believing that that was God's responsibility, not hers, to get her through. She didn't know how she was going to make that trip from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem when the labor pains were just a few moments apart. But she believed she could make it. And she did, knowing that God would do it. She didn't know how that little baby was going to be born healthy 
and warm in the comfort when she saw the hotel keeper slam the door because there was no room in the inn. But she said, Lord, this is your particular problem and your guidance. I believe you will solve it. And solve it he did. You see, she was a woman who didn't say everything that was in her mind or on her heart. She pondered those things in her heart. She only believed. She knew her responsibility was not to be a spokesman for God, but a handmaiden of the Lord. And there's a difference. And because Mary had a pondering heart, God chose her to bring about the birth of Jesus Christ. It's Christmas time again, and it's a time when we recount all of the blessings, the graces, and the gifts which God has given unto us. And just as God gave the pondering heart to Mary, he's giving it to some of you right this Christmas, 1975. Jesus Christ is being born in some of you right now. Not physically, but spiritually. And if your heart is troubled, if your heart is asking questions, if your heart wants to believe, and suddenly you're finding a power to remain silent and quiet in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this travail, in the midst of this birth pang. Praise God. It's horrible. Childbirth is never easy, ask any woman. But there's no other way to bring birth to life, even when Jesus Christ is being born. It's a great time for us all. And in this spirit of expectancy, don't be too surprised to find that Jesus Christ in new power and in new dimension and new meaning and new understanding is being born in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you very much for the great inspiration you have given us. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, when we're together with family and friends, thank you for the visit of your Holy Spirit, who is working in us, calling us, pondering our hearts to bring forth new birth. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.